Thank you for listening to Along the Way, even though I've been taking a little bit of a break from new episodes. I promise you, I will be having a new episode up next week. But for right now, I hope you enjoy this re-air of Lee Capolino's conversation with me. I love her take on scars, is that they were proof of healing. We all have scars in our lives in some ways, but how are we allowing ourselves to be healed? How are we allowing God to heal us? I hope that as you listen to this episode, that you understand God's healing power, whether it be spiritual, physically, emotionally, or mentally, God does heal, and he wants to heal you. I hope that you enjoyed this Along the Way conversation with Lee Capolino from Point of Grace. Father God, thank you that you heal the wound, but would you leave the scar so that I can be reminded of what you did for me? As we think about when the disciples, including Thomas, when the disciples saw the scars, can you imagine how relieved they were? Wait a minute, this is real. Mm. This is real. That is Christ. I mean, I know if I was in the upper room, I'd be like, oh, thank God I saw that. Mm -hmm. Because my humanity still detours itself from truth and what we know to be fact, you know, God's word. That song has meant so much to to me and to our audience because a lot of people walk around with scars, some of them because of choices they've made like me, Mm -hmm. some of them because of something that was done to them. But in the process of that scar, that means there was healing. And we have to remember that God gives us the power to be healed. Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. I love talking with fascinating people and learning how God has met them along their way. For this Along the Way conversation, I have the privilege of talking with Lee Capolino from Point of Grace. Lee was the worship leader with the Women of Faith conferences before she was asked to join with Point of Grace. And in this episode, she shares how Jesus has healed her wounds, but has left the scars. Her path has been full of ups and downs, twists and turns, but through mentorship, she has stayed grounded and she has kept her eyes fixed on Jesus. If you want to know how scars can become beautiful reminders of God's grace, then you need to hear this conversation. I'll get to that conversation in just a moment, but I want to make sure that you know that you can hear all of my episodes, even the ones that you've missed, by visiting my website, alongtheway.media, or simply subscribing to Along the Way in your favorite podcast app. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. You can keep in touch by emailing me at johnalongtheway at gmail.com. My social links and web address are in the show notes. I look forward to hearing from you. And now, here is my Along the Way conversation with Lee Capolino. Lee Capolino, thank you so much for joining me along my way by letting me join you along your way. You bet. Some people, maybe they won't, won't recognize your name, but they will probably recognize your voice, especially if, when you're singing, because you're one of the members of Point of Grace. Mm. I thank Andrew Greer for connecting me with you. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun already before I hit record. So, Lee, thank you for allowing me to come into your home and to hear your story. Well, thank you for wanting me to tell my story. So absolutely, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, let's let's jump right into that. Sure. Could you tell me how you got into into music and how God led you to actually where where you are today? Sure. Well, when I was uh, my mother, I grew up in a Christian home and my mother was the piano player at our little small church and so she uh, her influence of and passion for music came at a very early age. 
I am the baby of three sisters. All three of us are just little stair steps. And so we would have fifth Sunday night sings growing up. And so if a special artist couldn't come in, uh, my mother would throw us girls up there. So, mm-hmm. um, and I loved singing. And I remember my sisters, you know, going back to mom after we sang, and they would say, "Mommy, I don't want to do it anymore. At least too loud. She sings too loud." <laughs> but later on in my early teens, uh, I remember a very specific moment along the way, and mm-hmm. my mother just sang to me coming home from church. She just said, um, "You need to know you have a special gift." And it was a very simple, you know, it was just a simple comment, but it landed and God nurtured it. And I fell in love with choir. I fell in love with um, studying music in college. Mm-hmm. And from college, I was in a group that, you know, traveled from church to church every okay. weekend. And we had a live band. And so growing up, I fell in love with a, a group called Truth. And they were out of Mobile, Alabama. And they literally got in a bus and traveled around the United States. And so I saw him in concert, and I said to my mother, who came to the concert with me, I said, Mom, that's what I want to do. And believe it or not, um, within three years uh, after that conversation, not only was I, not only did I audition for the group three weeks before I graduated Mm -hmm. college, I made the group. And sang my very first concert in that very same location. I saw them for the very first time. That's cool. And so, you know, you talk about connecting dots and looking back and seeing Mm -hmm. God's hand on those dots. It was very, you couldn't miss it. You know, it was one of those things where if you're going to miss this, then... What, what chance do I have to yeah. really help you understand that I have a purpose for you and a mm-hmm. plan for you? And it's, it's, a, it's very hopeful. So I got in this group. Uh, I, I met my husband four months later. He asked me to marry him. And we got married. And my family was like, I don't know him. <laughs> Who is this stranger? But, you know, this, this a little to the side. You know, I know there's a lot of parents out there that worry about their kids mm-hmm. and worry about who they date and who they end up marrying. I knew it was a God thing because it it was beyond, um, how do I explain it? It's, it was almost an outer body situation. Mm, It was one of those things where when Dana asked me to marry him, I, I, I just got out of the way Uh and said, Yes, and it wasn't that I I didn't love him. Oh, I loved him. I was very attracted to him. Yeah. And let's be honest, we need to be attracted to the one we're going to marry. Uh, I was very attracted to him, and we had so many things in common. Mm-hmm. So we, long story short, we got married, and we are celebrating this March our twenty eighth anniversary. Wow. Um, but all that to say to parents. Um, my parents were very, very concerned. Mm-hmm. But every story is is doesn't end up as beautiful as mine, maybe. But just to say, my parents prayed from the very beginning, and their prayers were heard. and And I'm thankful that um, I'm thankful that they trusted in me enough that my personal time with mm-hmm. the Lord. Um, you know, he guided me and he directed me and directed Dana and I. So Dana and I have known each other only as um, we've always worked together. 
and really? okay. we've we've only known working together. And so, um, when we left the group Truth and moved to Nashville, Tennessee. He was with a wonderful artist named Twyla Paris. And okay. so he was out on the road with her. And um, I was doing, you know, some things with another girl and, you know, just trying to, you know, pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And so a few few years after that, Point of Grace had seen Dana play guitar in truth um, okay. and was like, I love, they, they all looked at each other and was like, I'd love for him to be our guitar player. And... Long story short, they asked him about two years into their startup of their career. So Dana's been playing guitar for Point of Grace. We're celebrating our 26th, 20, almost towards the 27th year of being together. So he's been with them 20, almost 25 years of wow. that 20, 26, 27. So while I was doing my own thing, one of the original members of the group Point of Grace retired mm-hmm. and they asked me to join their family. And so I joined their family 16 years ago. And again, just going back to the pulse of your show, along the way, nothing was out of sync with what where God's steps were. Mm-hmm. You know, it went from singing with truth. It went it, it went from it went from singing with my sisters. We were a trio. Right. It went from being on a bus learning other people's cultures mm-hmm. and, and and appreciating their differences and right. being okay with if they were raised Catholic or if they were raised Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it was learning to adapt to people's differences. And the importance of we I don't know how we are or I don't I'm not sure how we're teaching that in the home right now because where we live it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty big bubble. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful we're going to miss those opportunities to really help our kids expand outside of yeah. just what they're used to. And oftentimes if we don't expand ourselves to what we are used to we get very judgmental. Mm-hmm. And so all that to say those years with truth yeah. um Set the set the precedence of those years uh, with women of faith, where uh, you talked about Patsy Claremont earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, just got to sit under these most the most godly women, and they would tell you all day long they were never perfect, but they were real, and they were. Um, they showed me how to bring Jesus into all of my relationships, mm-hmm. into all of my all the avenues of being a, a daughter, being a friend, being a mom, being a wife. And I would, you know, you talk about the number seven, how it was the how it's the year of completion. For mm-hmm. me, it was the year of of beyond completion. I, I carry those women and their 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 studies in my heart every single day. And so you were with the you were with the women of faith. Yeah, for seven years. I was with women. Of faith, I was their worship leader uh, wow. for seven years, and you know, y- y- there's the, people will ask us in, in interviews. They'll say, you know, is there anything, is there anything you'd like to to do again, or mm-hmm. do over, or, or do? And I'd like to live those seven years again. They mm. they were um, they were rich. They were so rich with just filling my well with things that, you know, when things got tough, I could just draw from it. And again, they were godly influences. You know, they they lived through cancer. They lived yeah. through divorce. They lived through uh, dementia. They lived through 
being scared to death if their mm-hmm. kid was ever going to come home. Mm-hmm. I mean, real stories and um, just seeing their faithfulness was, you know, there's just, it was priceless. It yeah. was priceless. So now, 16 years um, uh, later, um, and I think the girls asked me in night. See, tw- September 11 happened. My daughter turned one to the. Uh, 2003, October of 2003, I was getting ready to go on a retreat with my mentor mm-hmm. because my husband and I had decided, or I had decided in my in my prayer closet that it was time for me to turn in my resignation with Women of Faith because we traveled 37 weekends a year. And I had That's a little a girl. Yeah. And we would leave on a Thursday and return on a Sunday. So the weeks got shorter. And... And my little girl was one at the time, and so she she mm. loved it. I mean, you talk about learning social cues and yeah. social skills and adapting. You know, uh-huh. she she learned it, and um, she had all these wonderful aunts that just pampered her. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, but I remember telling my wonderful friend Mary Graham, who is the president of Women of Faith, who you talk about a godly influence. Um, she just said to me, as graciously as as Christ, I can't imagine, would mm-hmm. say, and she just said, you know, God knew this before we did, and he always makes the crooked way straight, and he's full circle. And um, we will miss you, but you go with our blessing and our support. And so before I even knew Point of Grace was happening, mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I, I told her that it was time for me to go. And within 24 hours of making it verbal to my husband and, yeah. and him supporting me, 24 hours later, Shelly called. And the girl, another girl in Point of Grace, she called and said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, well, I'm getting ready to go on a retreat with my mentor. Uh-huh. We're going to go and pray for a few days. And she goes, okay, well, is it okay if me and Denise come over? And, you know, I am clueless. I don't know what Because uh, they're good friends of mine. You know, yeah. they're and great your friends. Husband works, your my husband works for them. And honestly, I thought they were going to ask me about a friend of mine that produced a record for me. And they were going to ask me, mm-hmm. hey, is he a good producer? La, 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 la. So they knock on my door and still completely oblivious mm-hmm. with big, huge ice cream sundaes in their hands. And if you know Shelly and Denise, it always has to do with food. <laughs> and I invited them in. And so Dana begins to scoot up the stairs to give us some time alone. And Shelly goes, no, 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 no. Where are you going, Dana? We need you here too. And so they sit in my living room and they get their cell phone out and they call uh, Heather, who was the other girl in the group, and say, said, we would love for you to join our family. And I was like, Lord, because here's here's what your audience needs to know. Mm Mm-hmm. In the privacy of my prayer closet, um, the Lord and I talked for a very long time. And one of the things that, and you talk about that burning, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I knew was burning within me was that I did not want to be a solo artist. That was not my, that was never my desire. I always wanted to be a part of a group, a part of a team, because I love the sum of the parts. And I love just just the camaraderie, the harmonies, the just living life, living life with somebody else. So I said to the Lord, you know, I I want to be a part of a team. I don't know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so everything just seemed 
so you talk about along the way I mean here's a crumb and then yeah. here's the next crumb here's the next crumb so I said well I'm honored and, and just so humbled by the fact that y'all would want me to join your family which has such integrity and I said I'm going away to pray and so me and my wonderful mentor Debbie um, went to Charlotte North Carolina and to a wonderful little bed and breakfast mm-hmm. and, and, and prayed at the Orchard Inn and asked God to go before us and guide and direct our, our just our time together and I joined their family mm-hmm. and um, you joined their circle of friends I joined their circle of friends <laughs> and their circle of you know now you know looking back it, it was all of our kids are around the same age and mm-hmm. so we we none of us none of us girls have our families live near us all of our families live far away so we are each other's families mm-hmm. and um so our kids got to travel together and okay. and be cousins and um again you know it's it's just amazing to see how god just beyond the i couldn't have imagined this mm-hmm. i couldn't have i couldn't have written the script it was just you know really really special so that's my journey um pretty much up to now with just where i am musically and um, my daughter, who is 16, she has fallen in love with music. And so we're seeing a little bit of our extension of, um, uh, you know, the heartbeat of our home mm-hmm. feel her heart as well. And our little six-year-old, we, we had our 20th anniversary, and my husband and I found out we were pregnant. So that was a little... <laughs> so um, you have a 16-year-old and a six-year-old. We have a 16-year-old daughter and a six-year-old little boy. And it was funny because I was writing this down the other day because we're working on a book called Passing It Down, Passing Our Story Down and Just Telling the Story and Being Responsible to Our Kids and Telling the Story of right. How Christ so, Has Changed. It's so important. Yes. Well, we have to. We can't count on the world, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of our homes are not even going to church. So we have to make sure yeah. within our home that, that we're sharing the gospel. So you're sharing how Christ has changed you. That's how awesome. Christ has changed us. How, how Christ has come along the way with us. How Christ has, has been in the, you know... Even when we feel betrayed, disappointed, lonely, mm-hmm. he's still there. It's just a matter of how is it that we are being still enough to hear his presence? Because that's half of it. You know, for, for me, I'm <clears throat> my husband and I live very simple. And we've had the privilege of waking up every morning with our kids, pretty much putting them to bed every mm-hmm. night with our kids, eating at the dinner table together. These are things nowadays that are almost unheard of. But... Mm-hmm. We, um, I mean, it was, uh, it was my husband's desire to be a part of his kids' lives. It was a, yeah. it was my desire to, to just live out life with my kids. You know, did we have kids to just be gone or do we have kids to make our life even more abundant? Mm-hmm. And, um, so we found out we were pregnant and I had that little Andy dandy. We brought him home Thanksgiving day of 2012. So ladies don't give up. I was 43 when I had Andy and, you know, again, I will never get my running legs back, but that's okay. He's running for, for <laughs> us. You know, I often say that, um, a lot of times we, we just assume a certain part of our life once that once that birthday comes or once mm-hmm. that timeline comes that you know our our story is pretty much towards the end but i would say to you you know don't don't close the book he's still writing he's still yeah. writing a lot of chapters and especially if we will be still long enough 
to pay attention to mm-hmm. each each of those days. And one of the things that I'm We'll, we'll say to the kids is, you know, we want to squeeze as much out of every day we have that we can because we just not promise tomorrow. We yeah. just aren't. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love what you were talking about earlier about how you were presented with one of the biggest opportunities of your life with mm-hmm. being asked to be a part of mm-hmm. Point of Grace. And who, I mean, the legacy of Point of Grace is, okay. is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And um, you were asked to be a part of that. And I love that your response was, I'm going to go away to pray. Hmm. And you had already had that planned. You had already built that space in your life mm-hmm. where that's going to be, that's the important thing anyway. Mm-hmm. This decision is just now something that you have to now pray about. Right. It, everything in your flesh probably was like, yes, I'll do this. But right. you were disciplined enough to say, I'm going to trust the Lord that if this isn't him, mm-hmm. he's going to make that known as well. Right. And obviously, praise the Lord that he... You know, that was his plan for you. But I love that you, you built that space where you could be still to allow, allow your heart to burn. Well, again, a lot of people don't necessarily have the privilege of, of allowing that much time, you know, to mm-hmm. be away. Sure. So I would, I would say to a lot of people, you know, God can do a lot with a little bit of yeah. time. And he can um, do a lot with... Um, just the the genuine seeking him with your whole heart. Um, I said to my friend the other day, who's who's battling, uh, just just she's going through a hard time, and I just reminded her that Christ owns time, hmm. and because he owns time, he can add to it, subtract it. He can he can do whatever he wants within the confines of 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 our minds and right. of our bodies. He owns it. So don't worry. You're not going to miss out. He will capture whatever needs to be captured and yeah. he will make sure you don't miss out on anything. But you know, when you <clears throat> was, we're talking about just taking that time to pray, my spirit wanted that time to pray because I knew, um, point of grace represented, uh, they represented, musical excellence, but mm-hmm. they also represented um, spiritual integrity. And Point of Grace did not know my story um, uh, at the time, and uh, they were four girls that shared with other teenage girls that they stayed pure before mm-hmm. they were married. And so when the girls asked me to join their family, my flesh, in the back of my mind, those little those strongholds that yeah. we often have, they begin to play a game hmm. and and you begin to wrestle with well they don't know my past and they don't know you know I can't say what they're saying I can't sure. and so that time of praying with my mentor because she know she knew everything about me that time of praying with my mentor I had no idea what God was was getting ready to do hmm. and in that time of 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 praying with Debbie um, you know, I shared with Debbie, I said, I can't not tell them. I don't want to give them the false impression right. that to, to, to wear that point of grace banner of purity um, that I'm living a lie. And so I, when we got home from our, our retreat, we, um, we went out to dinner. De- uh, Denise, Shelley, and Heather, and we went out to dinner, and I just shared with them, and I was very, very nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, I was very nervous, and um, 
and my sweet husband was with me because he's so precious. But um, I'd never told anybody except my best friend mm-hmm. and my mentor my story. And I'd shared with them that when I was 19, I found out I was pregnant and I didn't have the courage to do mm. the right thing. And so I had an abortion. And they, um, again, demonstrated grace. Mm. And um, I've shared the story 50 million times, but... I don't cry because of the sin. I, I cry because I'm so blessed God redeemed mm. redeems us out of the sin. And so um, so I shared with the girls and I said, you know, you may want to rethink your invitation. Mm. And, you know, Shelley responded by saying, um, it's for such a time as this. And your message with us talking to thousands of girls a year, thousands of girls a year are going to encounter some of the same things that you've encountered. And yeah. maybe you can say something to them that would remind them that even in difficult things and even mm. through um, things they struggle with, that God still has enough grace to mm. forgive us for all. And he has enough strength within us for us to to endure temptation, yeah. all those things. And so I that began something within um, the framework of my heart mm. and my, um, my family didn't know my story. And my husband knew it, my best friend mm-hmm. knew it, and my mentor knew it. And um, it began to just, it was a process. It, it wasn't, I wasn't ready to just, you know, it wasn't time sure. to tell the world. But God was, God was working and, and through, um, through my, my spiritual mom and, and some counseling, um, we began to work on it, and so um, we are now. Let's see. Uh, we are. If I've been with the girls sixteen years, if I've been with the girls sixteen years, fifteen years ago, we had prayed, and uh, I'd prayed and prayed and prayed, and I was like, Debbie, I don't know if I can tell my family. I will devastate my family mm-hmm. if I tell my family, and. Um, and, you know, again, to the listener, I grew up in a beautiful Christian home. It was, it was obvious that my mom and dad loved Jesus, and they wanted their, their daughters to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I knew when I asked Christ into my heart at nine years old that I needed him yeah. to forgive me of all my sin. I knew he died on a cross for me, and I knew all those things. And so I was... So I wasn't concerned that Christ hadn't forgiven me. I was more concerned that telling my family how disappointed they would be. Mm. And, you know, you're talking, I'm almost 30 years old at this point, still struggling with, um, do I tell them? Is mm. it necessary? I mean, I've worked it out with the Lord. And and so you talk about a burning, you know, yeah. it just wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop burning. And so... I'll try to make a long story a little a little <laughs> short, but um, I called my beautiful sister, whose name happens to be Dana as well. So we have Dana girl, that's my sister, and Dana boy, that's my husband. <laughs> and I called her and I said, uh, and at this time we all had little pumpkins, and I said, would you 
um, orchestrate the husband's taking the kids. Uh, I'm going to drive home. Me and Dana are going to drive home, and mm-hmm. I need to talk to the family. And so my sister is like, oh, are you okay? Are, 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 is everything okay? You know, I mean, your brain right, starts, right. you know, are you sick? Is it, are, is it terminal? And And so I just said, you know, I said to her, I said, I had to tell her a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want her heart to just be, it wasn't oh, yeah. fair to her to be, to, to play a, 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 a play within that, that just doesn't, didn't exist. Our and so can run wild. Oh, they yeah. can run wild. I mean, so I shared it with her and we had a, we had a really nice cry and, um, and again, you know, you talk about sisterhood, you know, I thank God for my sisters and, and those even outside like Shelly and Denise that are my sisters and I'm just so thankful for those godly people that don't bring condemnation mm-hmm. you know so I me and my husband and my daughter at the time we drove to South Carolina and my family my mom my dad and my two sisters we were all in our little bitty living room in mm-hmm. the house I grew up in and I shared with them that um God has been stirring within me to um, not to to no longer have secrets, mm. to put it in the light. And when things are in the light, there is no darkness. And right. the enemy doesn't have an opportunity to just play. And this is not for everybody. Some things are just between you and the Lord. Right, right. But for me, this was what the burning was. And because I loved my mom and dad so much, and I could tell that there was something within me, there was a little piece that was just that just always felt uneasy. Mm. And I think it was just because was I pretending? Was I faking? I don't know, but I just wanted to be real, and I yeah. wanted to be honest, and I wanted and I wanted them to see that God, that Christ in me, was had a purpose mm-hmm. for the ashes that he could turn into beauty. He had a purpose for yeah. it. And so I sat down in that little bitty living room with my family, and I couldn't even say the words all the way before my mother mm-hmm. was up on her feet holding me in her arms. Mm-hmm. And, again, God's demonstration of, I can just see him getting off the throne and welcoming welcoming into me yeah. into his arms and glory and you know that's the Christ that we serve and he is um he is so full of grace and he's so full of mercy and I love the word mercy because um it's it's I I didn't get what I deserved and because he went to the cross so that I didn't have to mm-hmm. and you know that 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 never gets old with me because and a lot of times we, we point of grace, uh, I shared this story with a wonderful artist and writer, Nicole Nordeman, uh, about 10 years ago. And she came back and wrote a song called uh, Heal the Wound. Mm. And it basically, it, it just talks about, Father God, thank you that you heal the wound, but would you leave the scar so that I can be reminded of what you did for me? Oh, wow. And it's the same you know, as we think about when the disciples, including Thomas, when the disciples saw the scars, can you imagine how relieved they were? Wait a minute, this is real. Mm. This is real. 
that is Christ. Yeah. I mean, I know if I was in the upper room, I'd be like, oh, thank God I saw that. Mm-hmm. Because my humanity still detours itself from truth and, yeah. and, and, and what we know to be fact, you know, God's Word. And so... That song has meant so much to to me and to our audience because a lot of people walk around with scars, some of them because of choices they've made like me, mm-hmm. some of them because of something that was done to them. But in the process of that scar, that means there was healing. And mm-hmm. we have to remember that God gives us the power to be healed. We're not just automatically healed. He gives us the power to be healed. And what I mean by that is we have to understand that His grace is to be received. I receive. It was year. I was in my mid-30s before I really understood. Wait a minute. All of His grace is for me. Mm -hmm. All of it. And, you know, we can replay and, and, and rewind and want to redo, but at the end of the day, what he did was a gracious amount and was plenty mm-hmm. for me and for anybody, yeah. for anybody. You know, I tell your audience that none of this came with ease. It came it came with, you know, just that wrestling. Wrestling, as, as I'm sure many, many people wrestle with to do or not to do or to share or not to share. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of families, there's a lot of marriages out there that have a lot of secrets. And again, it is not, I'm not, I'm not talking Jerry Springer here. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for me and for the way God was speaking to me. This was what he wanted me to do. And I was very sure. I was assured that this was the direction. And what I saw out of that was a beautiful family representing God's grace. A recognition that that the scars left in our life can have a purpose and they can have meaning and they can have a, a, a breath within them that serves serves a community serves i mean do you know how it's so inter- it's so crazy that a woman after i share my story mm-hmm. or, or or talk about it from stage a woman will literally just come up stretch her hand out to me she'll look at me she'll have to, no words need to be said and i know our hearts are connected mm-hmm. she's telling me thank you yeah that was me because one out of every 3 in the church or outside the church, yeah. have had, have my story, and but what I tell teenage girls as well as anybody, what I did was wrong. It was not the right choice. Mm-hmm. God would have empowered me to do the right thing. Yeah. I just didn't have the courage to do it. Didn't have the courage. I was scared, and oh, how I would say to my daughter, and my daughter knows my story, and um, and talk about an opportunity to 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 be vulnerable with your yeah. kid um don't miss those moments to be vulnerable with your kid because when your kid sees that you're as real as they are and you have the same struggles that they do, you've opened an opportunity of communication that allows your home to have, be a place of safety. Hmm. And we want our home to be a place of safety. Yeah. We want our kids to come and vomit in their home where 
we will be like the church and we will say, God still loves you. Mm-hmm. And we forget the power within our own home as believers to yeah. um, to help rescue the perishing and care for the dying. You know, we, mm-hmm. it's a privilege. It's a privilege and an honor to help people. God, our world is broken enough. It's just broken enough. Mm. But God, if we let him, if we will work on it. It's just like everybody wants that beautiful body overnight. So drink your apple cider vinegar and you'll wake up and you'll be a size two. No, you've got to work at it. Yeah. Everything that counts, that has um, that has great benefits, it takes time. It just takes time. Yeah. And I would just encourage everybody, take time. Mm-hmm. Don't fast forward. Take time to work it out, pray it out, um, talk it out, and live it out. Mm-hmm. Do those things. And don't get ahead of it. Let Him come along the side of you, along the way, and just little steps, steps at a time, steps at a time. It doesn't mean that you're not going to wake up. Even today I woke up my heart was so heavy because of mm-hmm. a situation. And But I know He's with me. I know His presence is with yeah. me. But I've also learned to exercise that that method, to exercise that I can't base everything on my feelings. I have to base everything on what I know to be true. Mm-hmm. And um, what I know to be true is His faithfulness in my life. Absolutely. Lee, if you could go back in time and give yourself a younger version of yourself, maybe 19, 13, mm-hmm. whatever it was, if you could go back in time and sit with yourself and give yourself some advice. What's happening in your life at that point, and what would you say to yourself? You know, when you're 15, I would say to myself, trust God's boundaries. Trust His protection over you. Mm-hmm. It was It's not to harm you. It really is to protect you so that 20 years later in your in your um when you, if you decide to marry, you enter in that covenant with such a, um, just an assurance of, of this, this was the right way. Mm-hmm. I would encourage myself to also at between 15 and 17 and 19 that um, I would encourage myself by saying that all things are possible. Mm-hmm. It really is true. And that when our eyes are open, God puts people in our lives that can help us along the way. And and I would also say to my 15-year-old, 19-year-old self that the truth is always better than secrets. The mm-hmm. truth is always better than pretending. The truth is always better than doing what you know is not the right thing. Um, Because now I see that a family that loves you unconditionally, it doesn't mean there won't be disappointment. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that. Let's be real. If I would have gone to my mom at at, at 19 and said, Mom, I'm I'm pregnant. Dad, I'm pregnant. I I don't know what they would have done. I know they would have been disappointed, but Mm -hmm. would they have have disowned me? No. Mm. No. 
would they have would would our homestead been a little tent tense for a while? Yeah, yeah, but. I'll never know because mm-hmm. I didn't give it an opportunity. I would say, let's trust God to do the impossible because the impossible represents the right thing. Again, this is my story. I'm not I'm not putting anybody else's footprints on my story. Mm-hmm. These are my feet. This is the path I walked. And if I could say to my 19-year-old self, I would have said, tell your parents the truth. Hmm. Tell them the truth. And watch watch what would unfold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is kind of a little bit away from, from you know, what we're talking about. However, it comes alongside it, and that is... You know, when I found out I was pregnant with Darby, I was scared to death. I mm. thought, "Am I going to have a healthy baby? I don't oh, deserve. Yeah. I don't deserve a healthy. You know, you just." So you were nineteen when you had the abortion. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you found? I was thirty-two when I found out I was pregnant with Darby. Wow. Yeah, we waited. I mean, it was ten years after we were married before wow. we had Darby, and a lot of that was fear. A lot of that was just um, scared and. Finding excuses to, um, you know, I wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't enough to be a mom. I didn't deserve to be a mom. That was a, a privilege, and for for others, and I didn't deserve. And again, let's let's remind ourselves where that comes from. Hmm. It doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from the Lord. And so, um, I would. I, what I was going to say is that. I was scared to death to be a mom, but when I found out we were pregnant with with Darby, I was so afraid. I was just, you know, you just, you just, you role play every silly scenario. Mm -hmm. And so once I finally had Darby, Darby, Darby May means free and great. That's what her name means. And she represents a freedom for me because I am free from the bondage of my past Mm. and great meaning a God that is greater than anything I can imagine rescued me from um, my own trappings and so free and great so she she is a beautiful every time I you know I see her you know I'm reminded of God's God's mercy and grace and so one of the things because I don't live under a rock mm-hmm. I know that Darby is going to go through the exact same things I went through and so my prayer for my children especially my teenager when she was a teenager starting to be a teenager mm-hmm. I was like Lord let her get caught <laughs> let, let her let her get caught yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out we'll work it out let her get caught and be careful when you pray it mm-hmm but I didn't want it. I didn't pray that for her to throw darts at her. I prayed that for her so that I, she, her family could come alongside her and mm. remind her of God's forgiveness. Gosh, if we, it's so easy to give out grace when you know it's been given to you. It's so easy to forgive right. when you know you've been forgiven. All these things that Christ did for us, when we have them placed upon us and receive it, it's so much easier to just 
give it out because you know you are the worst of these. And mm-hmm. without without those things, you know, so we we pray that over our kids. Lord, let them get caught. Let them get caught. And it's it's been, you know, again, there ain't a family that's perfect out there. Mm-hmm. And children are a blessing from the Lord. But when they become teenagers, they lie. <laughs> they just do. <laughs> Hello, listeners. They lie. And... It's been since the beginning of time, right? And but I think if we, I think if we remove some of the churchinese lingo mm-hmm. and remove some of the maybe the blinders as being Christians, that well now we're protected from all this. No, sirree, you are in a war zone, and Absolutely. you better believe it. Yeah, every day, and. So I would, you know, I just encourage single moms. I encourage single dads. I encourage married couples, aunts, all these people that have a thumbprint on the generation underneath them. We can make a difference. And it doesn't mean that we necessarily carry the title of motherhood or whatever, Mm -hmm. but we can make a difference in their life by demonstrating to them what has been demonstrated in our own lives. And if your story demonstrates God's mercy and forgiveness, by all means, spread the good news. Yeah, It's just too important. And our world is full of loneliness and depression. The world is at our disposal. But the world, God did not want us to carry the world's burdens. He didn't. We're not equipped to. I would encourage you to protect your kids from what they are not supposed to carry. And protect yourself. And some of you, that might mean get off Facebook or get off Instagram. Get off. That's good. If it is cluttering up your the privilege of you telling the story and passing it down and being intentional in your home. Put it aside. Mm-hmm. Put it aside. Just for a week and see what God will do. we got to declutter in order to hear God's voice, yeah. sense His presence, His direction. And a lot of people may say, well, I don't have time. I, I've got to go to work. On your way to work, pray. On your way back from work, pray. Mm -hmm. Find, again, I am living proof that God can do a lot with a little. And He, because He reads our heart. Thank you, Jesus. He Mm -hmm. reads our heart. Because He reads our heart, He knows what our desire is. And he didn't put it in there for it to just get squashed. He put it in there because he wants he wants to do something with that desire so that we'll mm-hmm. give him glory for it. And again, I don't want to get so churchy with my lingo because I, I I I love being around those that seek. I am I love being around non-believers because I want to pick their brain. I just want to go. I want to know, you know, because I grew up in a Christian home. It was just easy. It was at my disposal. And so, you know, I don't want to get caught up in in using words that would ostracize uh, anybody. But, you know, love will never ostracize anybody. Mm -hmm. Kindness will never ostracize anybody. Um, A smile will never ostracize anybody. And... um, Let's be more of that than anything else. Yeah. You talked earlier about getting away to be with the Lord. 
and it, you brought it up again, getting away from Facebook, getting away from those things that distract you. Lee, how does God communicate with you? How do you hear God, and what do you do to spend time with Him? What I have, I've learned that God uses a certain pattern with me. Um, oftentimes, it would be. Um, whether it's you know reading my devotion or, or, or reading a reading the scripture, but it will start there, and then it will just start with a real general prayer. Just mm-hmm. Father, you know, change my heart. If this is if this is not, and then sometimes I will be just as as specific as possible. But it will start, it will start with that as its foundation, and then I be John Brown. If within you know, a day or a few days, a person will reiterate Mm -hmm. or a person will bring in clarity. Um, A friend, it's, I call it Jesus magic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, but that's how God works with me. I I have what is called my, my daily Trinity. Mm -hmm. And if I can read my devotion, work out 30 minutes and have a decent meal on the table at night for my family. I feel like those are the three things that keep me sane, for lack of a better word. Yeah. I had a dear, dear friend. We had just moved. And I don't know if anybody has moved recently, but it will exhaust you mentally, physically, spiritually, mm-hmm. and emotionally. And I was at that point, and I had I'd called out to the Lord, and I was just like, I can't do this. I mean, I'm I'm not good at anything because everything is just scattered, and I just you know just asked the Lord. I was like, Lord, I I don't know what to do. I need to do this. I need to do this, and I need to do this. And He just reminded me, if you are doing all of these things, you then you're you're busier than I intended for you to be, mm. and let's let's just slow down a little bit. And so um, two words just kept, they became a pattern. Somehow or another, they just became a pattern, whether it's through friends or, or, or just my own personal time with the Lord. But two words, simplify and declutter. And for me, decluttering was in the moving process as I took it out of the box. Mm. Do I need it? Um, simplifying was um, the the stuff in my life that was not necessary. Like I'm a cleaning freak. Do I need to clean every day? Do I need to? Mm-hmm. No. What's more important today? Let's go and make sure, um, let's make an extra batch of salsa and give it to my neighbor. You know, just simplify and declutter. Those mm-hmm. two things for me allowed me to, quote, get away so that I could just have a little bit more of a pulse on things that matter to him. Mm-hmm. Because if I am always cleaning and always, you know, because trust me, when you own a home, anybody out there that owns a home, there's always something to do. But you have to be intentional about, is it necessary? Yeah. Patsy Claremont did that, that one poem I remember back in the day, and it was, uh, I forget who the lady was, but the, the gist of it was, dust if you must. Mm-hmm. But if it's not necessary, don't, you know. So, you know, all that to say, getting away from me as a mom of a six-year-old and as, as a mom of a 16-year-old, as a wife, as a daughter, as somebody that's a part of her church community, um, for me, it was, for me, I don't 
and really point of grace we're, we're the same we we don't do facebook as much as most people do we don't yeah. do instagram we've just decided that if it's work related we'll do it but mm-hmm. i don't need to remind you that my day was so full of joy and blessing <laughs> and food and voila for me again for me this is uh-huh. this my mind when it is decluttered I see better. I hear better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just more in tune. Because I, I can't... If I prayed the prayer list that's on my Facebook, I would never get up off my knees. Mm. And prayer is good, and pray without ceasing. But again, I go back to God did not want us to carry the earth's burdens. He did not. Yeah. He wants us to to have a heart after Him. And... He'll help us figure out where that needs to be cut or mm-hmm. pasted. He'll help us do all that. But first, we have to have a willing spirit to do it. And our children are going to implement us. If all they see us is us on our, our phones and our technology. That's really true. Then that we're just raising a generation to deconnect from people's faces, mm-hmm. people's hearts. And um, we were not designed for that. He he designed us for fellowship. Yeah. And it's very important. Yeah. Lee, you've mentioned a book that you're working on mm-hmm. with your sisters at Point of Grace. Mm-hmm. When does that come out? That will be, I think, Mother's Day is the of 2020. But I think we will probably start offering it, mm-hmm. you know, to the to the world around March 2020, April 2020. But it's again, we we sat down with the wonderful people at Lifeway, and we knew we didn't want to do another record because we had just finished a hymns and worship record Mm -hmm. and a Christmas record. And we knew it was time to musically just take a step back. But we knew we were in a season, all three of us had turned 50, and we were in a new season of our lives where um, we saw the importance of as our kids were leaving for college. Mm -hmm. uh, Denise has two in college, and Shelly and I have uh, two daughters that are 16, so we know that that's around the corner. Uh, and then me, hello, starting all over again with <laughs> kindergarten and first grade. So we were all in a different place in our lives where we were recognizing two things. Our parents were growing older, and we knew mm. our time was extremely um, important with them. And then um, saying goodbye to our kids in the safety of our home by going off to college. or mm. And so we wanted to make sure that um, we had the message of just taking Christ with you in everything you do and for our parents saying thank you for passing your story down to us and so we um, sat down with the people at Lifeway and said you know we want to we just want to remind people that we didn't do it right in every way but those people alongside us that were great witnesses they taught us a few things and we've learned a few things Mm and here's here's what we've learned here's what we pray that um, we could encourage you with and we want to pass it down to you yeah now you've you've talked about you have a mentor mm-hmm. and now you're talking about passing it down mm-hmm. that's discipleship in action right there mm-hmm. you know um, my question for you is what do you look for in a mentor and then what do you look for in a mentee 
What I looked for in a mentor was somebody that was ahead of me spiritually, uh, whether it would be in years, especially in years. I looked for a woman. I'm a woman, mm-hmm. and a woman knows how to talk to a woman because we experience the same same things, a lot of the same things. I knew she. I, I could see the fruit on her tree, and it was um, it was good. Mm-hmm. And so I. I looked at that for a mentor. The other thing that just kind of happened outside of my wheelhouse of of knowledge as I found Debbie was she wanted that mentorship just as much as I wanted her to mentor me. Hmm. And we found such camaraderie in it. And where she taught me, I taught her. Hmm. And so it it was very hand in hand, but I've had a lot of mentors, you know, Patsy's a mentor, all the women of faith women. I've, I've, I've a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful lady named Pat Winger, um, that that's was on the women of faith. Uh, she's a part of the women of faith family, but you know, you talk about the importance of what a mentor is again, because they're not perfect, don't expect them to be perfect, but because they are godly, expect them to guide you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to find someone that I could be honest with and safe, that they were going to take my my uh, my privacy and keep it tucked away yeah. in their heart. It wasn't going to be something that they told different, but I could I could count on them to hold my story and protect it. But as far as being a mentor, you know, there's a lot of girls that that I've had the privilege of mentoring, and I would hope that they are seeing me be honest with Mm -hmm. them. Uniquely enough, the ones that I'm mentoring right now, with the exception of one, I'm a mothership. They don't have that mother figure Mm -hmm. necessarily. So being a a mentor to others... um, I don't take it lightly. What they discuss with me stays with me. And then I begin to, you know, talk to the Lord about it. And so it stays in a nice vault of protections as well. You know, you offer them things to read or you direct them. Um, You kind of just, it's a lot of role playing. Mm. It's a lot of, um, let's talk this out. Yeah. Watching Debbie mentor me, I've learned I've learned an etiquette of there's a way to talk to that person without making them feel stupid Mm -hmm. or making them feel ungodly or guilty or shameful. There's a way to do it, and she does it with such beauty. It's, It's amazing how anytime I've ever thrown up on her, she's never made me feel... Like I've thrown up on her, you yeah. know. Denise in Point of Grace, she would say, practice your shock face. You know, practice not having that shock okay. face. And, um, you know, I've heard a lot of things that I think God just kind of prepares you to, mm-hmm. to, to hear. He, he equips you to just being a listening ear, being an open heart, an open mind, and, you know, just covering everything with grace as you speak to that person yeah. that that really wants to hear. I mean, you're their tangible Christ. I, that's a very, uh, I say that very 
I say that in a, a very gentle way. I, you know, I'm not saying I'm Christ. I'm just right, saying right. that sometimes in our humanity, we need something that we can touch, see, feel, you know, all the senses. That's why and Jesus embodied flesh. It came and that's exactly us. right. Yeah. And so for these young girls, that's what they need sometimes. And I love telling them some things I did wrong, especially some of the young married girls. I go, listen, <laughs> 27 deep, it's still rough. As a matter of fact, 25 hit, and I thought it was just going to go to put, you know. Mm-hmm. Be real with them. You know, my Debbie would say to me early on, she would say to me, I would say to her, you know, all I do is yell. I just yell at my kids. I yell, I yell. I, you know, Dana and I fight all the time. And she would say to me, if your kids are going to see you fight, make sure they see you forgive. Hmm. And because we're going to fight. That's wisdom right there. We're going to fight. Yeah. That's exact wisdom. And so I make sure that when my kids see us argue, they see us forgive. Hmm. Because wh- what are we going to prove to live in a world, to live in a home and be, hey, precious, oh, darling, I love you. <laughs> it's not that way all the time. Hmm. Um, Patsy Claremont taught me the importance of manners. Simple manners and start with your spouse. Start with the people in your home. So I tell my kids, please and thank you are like a big old kiss and a hug. Hey, babe, I forgot to tell you, thank you so much for taking that trash out because I I know I, it was my turn, but they hear me say that. Mm-hmm. And I, it can be as simple as cleaning the dishes. We want our kids to understand the importance that in the little things, it can go so far in just relationships. And it all starts with respect. I mean, manners have to do with respect. I respect my husband. I respect my daughter. Mm -hmm. I even respect my little six-year-old boy because I know he's a little adult. He's going to grow up and be a big boy. You know, so in our home, it's the heart of our home is music. The message to our kids is be kind and warm and use your manners Um, because we know that we know sometimes it's hard to love the unlovable. Mm -hmm. And um, and if we fight, make sure they see us forgive. And I my kids will never, ever say this. My mother had a hard time saying she was sorry. My goodness gracious. I say it 600. And I I don't say it in fluff. Like Mm -hmm. we often say, oh, I love you. No, I say it sincerely. I get down on their level Mm -hmm. and I say, what mommy did, Andy, I'm sorry. That was not right. I want them to understand that being vulnerable within the home, within the family dynamic is so important because... Family dynamic is difficult enough. Mm-hmm. Let's remove one of those elements and at least help our kids for it to be, whether you're a male or a female, you can say, I'm sorry. Absolutely. You, yeah. can, you can do it. And it's it doesn't demean you. It doesn't lower you on the totem pole. It actually, it actually allows probably more respect to be given back because you're willing to admit when you're wrong. I had a situation happen like that in my life where a leader 
he raised his voice at me. It wasn't quite yelling. He doesn't yell. But <laughs> he raised his voice, and I was like, okay, I'll just extend forgiveness. Mm-hmm. The very next day, he pulls me aside in private, because it happened in private. Okay. The very next day, he pulled me aside, and he said, John, I apologize for that, mm-hmm. that what I did was wrong. And in that moment, I knew I would follow him wherever he goes. Absolutely, without a doubt, because I know that he is not above saying I'm sorry. He's not above being wrong, and he doesn't right. look at himself as more more highly than he ought. Yes, yes. Yeah. Meek and humble, those are such beautiful, yeah. beautiful characteristic traits. And, yeah. and our kids, again, the, if the enemy destroys a family, then the enemy has won a mighty, mighty mm. war. And I, I fight really hard to... Um, I, I just fight really hard. It's worth the fight to yeah. keep um, the family. It, it's just got to stay. I need God's hedge of protection over it is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. And I don't take any of that lightly. And so for me, what God has pressed within me is the importance of, um, you know, the scripture that talks about, you know, cleaning your house out, getting your house in order. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean for me? Well, for me... Um, as a wife, a mom, a daughter, what all those things, I need to check my own heart. Where, where, where am I? And, um, and let me tell you something. At, at age fifty, he's still working on me just as hard as he ever has, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that. Um, and I pray that I will have the a teachable spirit at all times because I don't want to. I don't want my heart to be hardened to anything he wants to teach me. Yeah. I really don't. I really don't. Do you have a life verse? Yes, yeah. I do. Um, when um, it, it was when I was a teenager, I, I went to my mom and I said, "Mom, um, I was I was do, getting ready to do a, a high school pageant," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Mom, they're wanting us to, you know." either have a life verse or, you know, have a, have a quote from somebody. And I was like, mom, I don't, I don't know. And again, talk about passing it down. My mother said to me, I will, I'll share with you my life verse. I'll pass that down to you. Mm -hmm. And maybe it will be something that, um, that you can hold firm to. And so she passed down to me her life verse of second Timothy one seven. And, at the time, it was a verse for me to memorize mm-hmm. just to accomplish the pageant again. But knowing God, what God sees ahead of us, um, he knew that that verse was going to be more than just a life verse for me. It was going to be... Um, it was a it was a lifeline, mm-hmm. you know. It was beyond just a verse that I could go back to as as memorization, but it was going to be a verse that was going to help me stay focused and and be reminded that if I'm not careful, that fear was going to paralyze me, mm-hmm. and it's going to strip me of anything that's sound. So Second Timothy one seven for God has not given me the spirit of fear but of power and love and sound mind and i often take scriptures anytime i can put my personal name in there mm-hmm. I, I do because it makes it makes it very it's 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 for me wrap up in it yeah i'm really enjoying our time together this is great <laughs> just listening to hear all the wisdom that you're passing it down to me and uh, our listeners as well i would be 
at a loss if I didn't ask you to pray mm-hmm. and minister in some of the, the issues of healing and sure. specifically about the scars. Sure. I love that you said that song, Heal Me But Leave the Scars. Mm-hmm. There are so many people with those scars, but they're not completely healed yet. Mm-hmm. Would you please minister and and pray for somebody that's listening like that? I would love to. Let's pray together. And um, it's an attitude of the heart. So if you're driving, you don't have to, you know, close your eyes. Please don't. Um, But it's an attitude of the heart. So, Father, we come to you with our hearts. And we come to you with um, some of our hearts... um, are feel hopeless some of our hearts feel shameful some of our hearts are filled with filled with guilt and depression and loneliness father you came to seek and to save that which is lost and some of that um, being lost you came to seek and save those of us that feel hopeless you came to seek and save those of us that feel full of shame and guilt you went to the cross for that and it is not just a symbol but it is something that you did so that we are redeemed completely father the scars that are left in some of the lives out there i pray that they would know and hear your message of redemption they would hear your message of of complete um, forgiveness and that it is for them whether the scar is there because of a choice they made or the scars are there because of something that was done to them father i pray that you would mm-hmm. equip them to know that your grace is enough you would equip them to know that your mercy is for them you would equip them to know that their for that your forgiveness in their life allows them to shake off that which is old and they are now new and father that they can walk in it that they can now be a new creature because of you not because of anything we have done or can do but because of what you did for us it was enough father that all that your bruised all that your body was bruised for was for our healing mm. and all those things were um for us to just Take off of the, 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 the clothes that have paralyzed us with guilt and shame and uh, unforgiveness you went to the cross for. And thank you, Jesus, for doing that. So we thank you that you have washed us as white as snow, um, that everything that you did was for us because you love us. Not because we deserve it, because you just simply love us. Mm. And it's hard for us to, to, to take that in because of our capacity to love. But your capacity to love is beyond anything we can think, imagine, or understand. So with that lack, would you fill us, help us in our unbelief? Would you help us and fill us with absolute assurance that what you did was enough for us and we receive it? We receive it in Jesus' name. The power in which raises the dead, we receive it in Jesus' name. So go be with everyone listening. Go be with everyone that is wanting to completely know that they do not have to be paralyzed by their past. They do not have to walk in shame or guilt because of anything they've done or that was done to them, but they can walk in freedom. They can walk in freedom. In Jesus' name, we say thank you for making beauty out of those ashes. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet.
I'm really impressed by Lee's intentionality as setting aside time with the Lord to seek Him, even before she had the opportunity of a lifetime presented to her. I'm really convicted by that. It's been a while since I set aside extended time to seek the Lord like that. That needs to be a regular thing in my life, and maybe in your life too. And not just when there's a big decision in life that's approaching. I really appreciated that the girls from Point of Grace brought ice cream sundaes when they were asking Lee to join their circle of friends. I totally support their methods, and if anyone wants to bring me ice cream, I'm more than okay with that too. Lee's vulnerability to talk about her abortion as a 19-year-old and how that wound has actually turned into a beautiful scar was a powerful moment. When she started crying, it was because of receiving God's overwhelming forgiveness. We all need to receive His grace and forgiveness every day. I'm challenged by the song Lee mentioned that said, Would you heal the wound but leave the scar? Wow, I don't think I would have been able to pray that song. You know, there are many scars in life that I wish would just disappear, but scars can be a great reminder that God does heal, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I have a few scars from cuts and scratches that have stories, some better than others. I also have scars from surgeries too. Those things were cut out to protect me from what they could have become. One in particular gets itchy and it's annoying at times, but I'm sure that that little reminder is better than the alternative. Just like physical scars, our spiritual scars can be a great reminder that God does heal. Jesus is the great physician and he wants to heal you and make you whole. Another thing that Lee talked about was the mentor relationship in her life. That is so important. We need to have someone who can be real with us, who can tell us like it is and give us the last 10%. Find a mentor who is honest and safe, and you can be a mentor for others as well. Our lives are so complicated, so one thing I'm taking away from this conversation is to simplify and declutter. And boy, do I need to declutter. Family is super important to Lee, and I love the advice that she gave. If your kids are gonna see you fight, make sure they see you forgive. Wow, powerful. Be a good example. Later that very day, I was invited back for tacos and family game night, which was so much fun. Music and laughter really are at the heart of their home. I'm grateful for the opportunity to spend time with Lee Capolino, her family, and friends. Here's Lee again to tell how you can find out more about Point of Grace and their upcoming Christmas tour. You can find out uh, what's happening with Point of Grace by going to pointofgrace.net, as in fishers of men. We need nets. Pointofgrace.net. And it has our tour page. We're getting ready to do our Christmas tour. We're so excited about our Christmas tour. Oh, my God. Um, It's our 20th year celebrating our very first Christmas record, The Christmas Story. And we are going to uh, 15 cities. Check out if we're going to be near you. Mm -hmm. We are going to do that Christmas record from top to bottom. No commercial breaks, no anything, (laughs) just top to bottom, The Christmas Story. Pointofgrace.net can give you all that information. Uh, A lot of fun, exciting things going on to wrap up 2019 and to move into 2020. 
Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and subscribe to Along the Way on iTunes. That helps more people discover Along the Way. And subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at my website, alongtheway.media. You can always email me at johnalongtheway at gmail.com. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey. And may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way. Your way.